Hey everybody, welcome back to Mendoza Line. This is episode 34. My name is Cam, and I am joined all the way across this fine country of ours by my best friend in the whole wide world, Nicholas Coates. What is going on, man? Cam, it is so, so good to be back. I I apologize. It's been over a month since we recorded. I have not stopped thinking about this podcast or my failure to... <laughs> provide input for for that time but i was planning on it last week as i communicated with you but then i remember that i do not have internet at my new place since i moved in the in that time so I well figured that you did not you do now. i do now so that's yes and you are streaming in incredible quality and i just may i say i am pleased to be joined uh once again by you to be able to hear your smooth baritone voice to teach me all things baseball. It just makes me very happy. Well, hopefully this new internet that I'm paying for can can add or enhance our, our podcast with the the upgrade and connection speeds and the fact that I'm not sharing with a bunch of college students now. So definitely move it, move, moving up in the world for sure. But <clears throat> yeah, life has been pretty insane the past three, four weeks with uh, finishing out the school year, moving all the college students out, <clears throat> at the residence hall and then packing up my entire life wife and kid and moving to a new place and um actually a funny story i think i picked the worst day to move of all all days oh, really? this year yes it it poured rain all day <laughs> oh, and it was no. you never told it was me like that. upper 40s and it was just miserable <laughs> so my wife is seven months pregnant, so she really couldn't offer much support. But, I mean, in, in the actual move, she did a ton of, like, organizing. So I don't want to belittle her involvement because it was huge. But I was the one, you know. Yeah, doing all the lifting. lifting. Yeah. So thankfully, I had some help uh, the night before with some of the bigger stuff. But it's amazing. I think I want to write a book on encouraging people to move every five to ten years just because it i think it's a cleansing process and it helps you get rid of just all the crap that accumulates in that time i don't know if you're like like us but it's just amazing the amount of crap that accumulates now it's just three years for us but it was beneficial to to do that and to get rid of some stuff but yeah we're we're set up here and i should be good to go for the rest of the baseball season Got MLB TV up and working. I, in that busyness, got a little disconnected from from Major League Baseball, which was weird. But I, the past couple of days, got to watch uh, watch some games, so I feel like I'm back to normal. So that feels good. All right. Well, in the uh, in the spirit of coming back to baseball, let's hit what's the count, shall we? Let's do it. So to start off, that's was a this was a great story. Ball one, a uh, a rally bird stops by the Reds booth. So we will have a link in the show notes. But I, as I was watching the Reds today, there was an interesting moment in time where I guess the the window it was a nice day. The windows were open in the radio booth, and this bird flew into the the TV broadcast uh, and it just didn't move like it sat on this chair for probably 30 minutes of real time and it just got to the point where 
the bird, I don't know if it was scared or sick or something, but it just, it didn't move. So the Reds radio announcers proceeded to interview the bird. (laughs) And as I was watching it, I was just like, what is happening? This is this amateur hour. Like it's, it's just a bird, like, like push it or something. It'll fly out, but it's, I disagree. That's, that is, that is, uh, journalistic integrity. I can't even do it justice talking about how ridiculous the whole situation was, but if you have time and you want to watch the interview, they, one of the other Reds, uh, announcers did some audio for the bird. Uh, so it was quite the interesting interview. And part of it was, I guess there was another bird on, on a wire nearby and Tom Brenham and the Reds announcer proceeded to talk about how some of the, you know, younger generation may not understand this, but, you know, there's a time where, you know, <laughs> I know uh, this is, I'm not into like sexism or gender, like whatever, but, you know, there's a time where the man, you know, needs to get away and hang out with the boys. So that's what he was, Yikes. that's what he was talking about because <laughs> the other bird, presumably the the female, I don't even some of the comments were even funny in that, but yeah, that the the, uh, the other bird wanted us to come on, hang out with the boys and and talk baseball. So, of course, a baseball announcer would be all about hanging out with the boys. That's uh... yeah, because women don't like baseball. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, and uh, yeah, that ruins this whole story. But can I? <laughs> you put this in the you put this in the show notes, and I thought Rally Bird was like the Reds mascot. I, I don't, I don't know why I thought that. Cause the Reds are the Red stockings. They have nothing to do with birds. It's not like they're the Cardinals, which I realize is a sin. To oh, even, absolutely you know. not. Exactly. So I was super confused. And then I read the URL bird interviewed by Tom Brenneman in the Reds broadcast booth. Tom. Tom I, I genuinely, no, I, I know I'm, I will call him <laughs> Tom just because Tom does not have an H in it. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. Well, he, he kept making a big deal about how, the second that that bird flew in, the Reds scored three runs. So, I don't know. Oh, so it's a rally bird. Okay. I but then they but stopped I, scoring. I genuinely, in, in all of the iterations of this thing, did I ever, I never thought, oh, it's a legit bird that just wanted to hang out. <laughs> That's pretty much all it was. So that, yeah. that makes it so much better to me. <laughs> like, it has nothing to do with baseball. It has nothing to do with, like no mascot, no branding, like it just a bird. Just, just now, a obviously bird. it it has a much better life than the bird that Randy Johnson blew up with his fastball. Mm. Um but yes, uh this makes me much happier. That a bird just decided to hang out and then they interviewed it and the poor soul that had to pretend to be the bird. <laughs> give give them a race. Yes. So I <laughs> But yeah, the link will be in the show notes, so definitely check that out. Yes, things that you you <laughs> cannot predict so baseball. I don't know if there's any other sport where a bird would be interviewed during the game. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but it happened. Well, I was going to say that that says something about the pace of baseball, does it not? That a bird has time to be interviewed. Well, I I can't really <laughs> I have no defense for that. It, it kills I mean, my I don't argument. I want to be that there. guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm ashamed. But yeah, so that happened today. But okay, in, in real quick side tangent, in defense of the snarky comment I just made, 
generally speaking, during these slower parts of other sports, they take that time for commercials. True. Because that slower time is extended. It's just that baseball's slower time is so short, but so frequent that commercials aren't really an option. So it's, again, it's, it, I, I meant to be snarky, but in, in all fairness, I need to realize that it's just the way it is. Yeah, and in other sports, especially football, I guess, after a play, they just show the replay. Whereas in baseball, between the pitches, you know, you're looking at other things, or you're talking about things, so they just decided to interview the bird uh, in between. And every, everyone's adjusting their cups and so forth and spitting their big league chew. Yes. Which is the actual... Quite graphic. The actual gum, big league chew, is quite delicious. I feel like we should chew it while we have this podcast. I know that would probably ru- ruin the audio, but as a uh, physical experience to this, uh, I feel like it would add a lot to the authenticity. I remember as a, as a kid, I was like, I know I'm not supposed to swallow gum, but I want to eat this so bad because it's just so tasty. <laughs> Oh, we have gotten All right, off well, to a... We're yep. a little rusty. Uh, <laughs> strike one. Glabar Torres has been promoted to AAA. So the, Who the, is he and why should the we The prospect care? guy that I am. So yeah, Glabar Torres, he's the number two prospect through you know most of the major outlets. He's you know top two or three, but on Baseball America, he's the top two prospect beyond Yoa Makata, but he was promoted to AAA... Uh, these in the Yankees system. If you remember, he was traded in the oldest Chapman deal by the Cubs Ooh. last summer. So if you remember, the Reds traded Chapman and got um, basically Rookie Davis. Who I like Rookie Davis. He'll be a he'll be a decent fifth starter for us maybe down the road. But six months later, they traded Chapman for now the number two prospect in all of baseball, who is now only one level away from. From making it to the major leagues and this is a, a shortstop who yeah obviously he's going to be a really good player but yeah it's it's a big deal a lot of you know he's he should be up later this year at some point but he's going to be a, a name to know moving forward he's in that kind of crop of young shortstops that we've talked about and I think are going to be the face of baseball in the future with you know Dansby Swanson and those others so as a baseball fan, I'm excited because, you know, anytime you got a, a young, exciting shortstop, unfortunately plays for the Yankees who, you know, <laughs> they've had a lot of tough breaks in their history with, you know, having good shortstops <laughs> or other good players on their team. I think they're... Yeah, it's been real rough. I think they have... I think I saw this stat the other day. They have 21 number numbers retired, and the next, wow. the next closest is 12, I believe. So... I guess they're yeah running out of numbers of to where. Well, I I realize that that you're being sarcastic and in you know detailing the Yankees' woes, uh, and I've said this before and I will say it again because it's been a while. But can you can we just appreciate how good of a business deal that uh, Aroldis Chapman trade to the Cubs was for the Yankees? Well, I think that was incredibly. It's good. highlighted by how bad of a deal the Reds made. And how poor the timing was because of the domestic disturbance issue. Yeah. So I can understand why the Reds did it. It was a, he was going to be a PR nightmare and they were going to be terrible. So they kind of just cut bait. 
But man, they should have traded him six months earlier for. Well, but not even that. They should have waited six months longer until, and not to be crass, but until that passed because someone else would have done something stupid and everyone would have forgotten that he had that incident. And I don't mean to minimize the incident because anytime domestic violence is involved, it's a terrible and awful thing. It should never happen. But, like, the fact that they it happened and they got rid of him and then the Yankees turned and essentially tr- loaned him to the Cubs which helped the Cubs out amazingly, but they were able to lay it like the Yankees played it really, 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 really well. Yeah, and then, and the they, Reds did then not. they got him back. So, and and I have to, I have to believe that. And I don't know if this is collusion, if it's legal. Like I don't understand the trade law in Major League Baseball, um, but I have to believe that they would not have traded him to the Cubs had they not known he was coming back. I'm sure they they figured they would have had a good chance because i mean closers are a luxury you're not going to sign a closer unless you're expecting those conversations happened for sure and as a closer yeah there's only a few teams are going to be in the market to sign a a closer that you know i think he got 86 million dollars so not a lot of teams can afford that because if you if you don't do well then a closer is completely pointless and so yeah, I'm sure they've well, they uh, yeah, were a closer for that much for that money. much money. Yeah, that's going to be a tough. Yeah. So I'm sure they had they were confident, and that's one of the advantages of being the Yankees is you have the resources and the money. Well, but they've also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they've taken kind of they've taken a few years off of spending, you know, god awful amounts of money. Well, remember in our last episode. Oh, but they're paying like Matt Holiday like. Stupid! Like, just I didn't even know he was in the league, and they're paying him. Like, they're they're still yeah the, the number the, two payroll in baseball. And 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 that to me just I don't understand. So my point is totally moot. Let's just move on because I was gonna try and defend. El, remember, them, yeah, El, know, being Ellsbury and Holiday. Yeah, so they're paying a bunch of old dudes a bunch. You know, good for the old dudes. I'm happy for you that you got paid a bunch, but I I can quickly imagine those. uh bloated contracts for old players quickly becoming better contracts for young players as we have you know talked about in previous episodes uh with um Bryce Harper potentially and Manny Machado potentially right. and the gosh, whole it's just the 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 thought of what they could become in the next 2 or 3 years is well i mean they're they're already they're having a good year so they're in first yeah. place which we'll talk about later we'll see if it lasts but they're i mean it's not like they're yeah, they're not going away. They'll they'll still be good, but they'll probably be better with younger players. Whether, because mm-hmm. I mean, you got Judge turned out to be really. He's been a huge success for them. He's one of their young up and comers. So, but yeah, I guess you know, as a baseball fan, Claybert Torres, it's a big deal. He's one one level away. But I'm just very sensitive to the Chapman thing because they, sh- I wanted them to trade him a year earlier. And when I see the fallout from this and what the Reds could have had, it it hurts. But my value is not in the Reds, so that helps me continue <laughs> on. <laughs> I know, but and you you never. I mean, you don't know when when something like the domestic dispute thing is going to pop up. You know. Nope, you can't. It's just it's just you can't timing predict that. But I will also say he he had an Instagram account and he had his own hashtag called Chapman swag. 
And whenever I saw that, <laughs> yep, trade I was like, trade this guy is <laughs> oh, totally full yep. of himself. Yep. There's, yep, there's some red flags there. Ooh, red's flag or just red flags? That was terrible. <laughs> Let's move on. Strike number two. I'm not even going to give you a chance to respond to that terrible joke. Uh, the Major League Baseball draft is in three weeks. I love drafts. Have I ever told you this? Uh, I know this about you. What I find interesting is that the baseball draft is like right in the middle of the season. No yeah, other sport does it is that. Unique. Every other sport does it in the off season, which makes total sense. I don't even. Uh, but... I don't even like the NBA, and I I like following the NBA draft. I don't know what it is about <laughs> me, but I love drafts. I love. You have a disease. The four major sports. I've even got more in the hockey draft lately, but I guess there's something about potential and you know doing homework and i don't know it's it's kind of like playing the lottery but it's not i don't know anyways but yeah that's that's a big deal coming up in th- uh, a little over three weeks on june 12th so the reds have the number two pick again this year so hoping that they yeah pick a pick a good player to add to their future but definitely a big deal for other teams as well, so we will put a there. There are a lot of mock drafts coming around this time of year, but Baseball America put out uh, their third iteration of one that we'll link in the show notes. So there are some pretty consistent players at the top. Um, there's a couple guys. Uh, this kid named Brandon McKay, Brendan McKay, sorry, plays for the University of Louisville. He is pretty amazing in that he is a lot of scouts don't know you know teams are kind of divided on whether to take him as a pitcher or as a hitter he's that good at both so he oh geez yeah the reds are looking at him and he's kind of linked with them at number two more than anybody else as a pitcher he's a left-handed pitcher he kind of throws in the lower to mid 90s has a good curveball you know a lot of times these younger or you know college age younger they don't really have a third pitch because they don't need it but he'll he'll need to develop a, a third pitch to be uh you know hopefully worth taking a number two pick. But he's he's got tremendous stats as a as a pitcher, but he's also been you know tearing the cover off the ball as a hitter as well. So I'll try to um, bring up his stats real quick. But it's it's pretty amazing uh, the year that he's had um, and the the fact that teams are really kind of divided on you know what to take him as. Because that doesn't really happen. Like most of the time, players are, you know, you're going to be good at both, but it's pretty well, obvious especially that at, you're. Yeah, at, at the number two pick. Right. I could imagine farther down in the draft, you've got, you know, utility type guys that can play multiple positions. Uh, but as the it, being considered for such a expensive draft pick to be that good at that, I mean, I've never been that good at anything. <laughs> not even tying my shoes being like, a dad can that, oh yeah i'm just so good at it uh, you are you're a great dad well i appreciate that i try very so hard. it helps she's she's really cute i mean it helps, she is so. girls girls are the best aren't they well i don't know yet let me i mean i assume so but i haven't had a son yet that's so. true i'm just kidding i love them both so all all 17 of so them yeah louisville is the number two team in the the league or the the nation too so they're they're good they're a good team but as a as a pitcher he's thrown 85 innings this year 116 strikeouts 
uh, 2.2 ERA, uh, you know, in the ACC. So it's, this is high level college baseball. So he, he doesn't have, you know, he's not Randy Johnson out there throwing 100 with the wipeout slider. He's, but he, the consensus is that he, he's got good stuff and he knows what to do with it. He's a good, you know, he's a good baseball player. He, he adjusts. So, but as a hitter, um, so far this year, he has, he's hitting 361 with a 480 on base percentage, slugging almost 700, good for a 1160 OPS, which is redonkulous. Uh, mm-hmm. 15 home runs, 47 RBIs. He has 40 walks and 32 strikeouts, so eight more walks and strikeouts, which is pretty phenomenal. So, so yeah, he gets drafted to a National League team. He pitches, but he also pinch hits on his day. That's off. that's what they're saying. That's how, that's what they're saying. Game over. That a national team, a National League team, can really maximize his value. You know, when he's not hitting every day, he's not going to be a, you know, middle of the lineup. It's not like they're going to put him in the middle of the lineup or whatever, but. He will add no, but when you've got when you've got someone that's in your bullpen or, you know, um, if it's a starter, he's just on your bench. You've got four days where he doesn't have to worry about pitching and he can focus on contributing, right? You know, as a hitter, and in the National League, those switches happen a lot more. So the hope is, yeah, the hope is, you know, the Reds are looking at him as a pitcher, and that when he focuses more on pitching, that he'll his stuff will improve. And that, yeah, that he can, and the rest still do this a little bit with Lorenzen. He was a, a 2A player that they will use, especially earlier in games when they don't want to use a pinch hitter yet to, yeah, come off the bench and pitch hit for a pitcher. So we'll see. Um, that's one of the guys, Kyle Wright. So I've Go got, ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say. Well, are, we, are we switching players? I was going to say, just, I, I was going to mention a couple other guys the consensus okay well i i have two i have two questions about brendan mckay before go ahead sorry that was total podcast rust right there we just talked over each other so much we're we're rusty Uh, it's okay yeah it's all good uh so one if he's in the bullpen early on in his career before you know he becomes a starter they could use him in double switch situations so he could pinch hit and then they could replace you know pinch hit for you know the right fielder or whoever and then do the double switch where they replace the pitcher with another guy and then flip him. So he has multiple uses on a National League team. Um, but secondarily, uh, is it weird that the potential number over two pick is a college player? No, that's, I mean, the Reds took a college player at the number two pick last year. Okay, because I always thought, and and I think this is my MLB draft naivete, that the early big picks were high school, you know, studs, and that the guys that went out to college to play instead of the minors were, were good, but maybe not top 10 quality. And so when you told me he played at Louisville, my assumption was, wow, he must have, you know, blossomed a bit, a bit later. Yeah. Well, this is this is the beauty of the MLB draft and why it's so unique. And I think it's similar to hockey in this sense, but, you know, because hockey you've got, um, you can draft some older players, but you can also draft younger players too. And I think hockey is different because you don't have to sign them to contracts right away. They can keep playing in their junior leagues and you can sign them later, but you just have rights to them. Whereas in baseball, so you're right. So like a guy like Bryce Harper, you know, he's he's a guy that's viewed as he's young, but he's 
far enough along where he's not going to have to spend a ton of time in the minors. Whereas a lot of high school guys, there's a ton of potential there, and you know that they're never going to go to college because they're good enough to just go to the pros. But they're going to take, they're still going to take three or four years to grow mature to where, you know, they're major league ready. <clears throat> Whereas, so, you know, a lot of times they, they will do that, but there's, there's a lot more inherent risk there because there's more time for them to blow their arms out or for them to, to, yeah, to, there's more risk in their, them realizing their potential just because they're young, they're farther, farther away from reaching that. Whereas a college player, so they're a little bit, you know, some, sometimes there's a mix of, you know, a guy like Sinzel last year, he people develop at different rates. So Sinzel was not really a prospect out of high school. He was, you know, littler. He grew a lot more in college, and he just got better and better toward his junior year. He's leading the the nation in hitting and all the major categories. At, you know, the SEC is – that's the SEC and ACC, just because they're warm-weather states, that's where most of the talent goes and the, Pac, the Pac-12 as well. So he's he's dominating the best, you know, competition in college. So he's he's a little bit older, but he he's a lot closer realizing his potential. So, you know, for the Reds, he's already in their A advanced team and will probably be promoted to their Double A team, to where he'll probably be in the majors next year. And you know, he, everyone says he'll be a solid above average above average regular. Like he may not be a superstar, but you also, I mean, take Chris Bryant uh, three years ago. He was the number two overall pick um, out of San Diego, and I I don't know a ton about his backstory, but I don't I never I never heard a ton about him. Out of I don't think he would have gone to San Diego University of San Diego if he was a you know a top line MLB prospect. But he just got a lot better in college, and this is that's a guy in college that didn't spend a ton of time in the minors, and now he's a superstar. So. Yeah, rookie of the year slash MVP slash World it's just, Series winner. There's no, yeah. there's no formula. And handsome to boot. Yeah, there's no formula. <laughs> I, college guys are generally viewed as a little bit safer because they're, you know, they're most of the time they're 21, 22. Whereas if you're taking yeah. an 18 year old, like, there's a lot of 18 year olds well, I mean, that are going to get enough money where they're never going to go to college. So you either you got to take them, or else you'll never. The idea is to get a good mix of guys that you get younger that you can develop over a period of time and then guys that are a little safer because it's just so hard to get to the majors like even if you're drafted in the first second round there's no guarantee that you're getting to the majors so but yeah I mean that's a great question that's that's something that I've had to learn and following it more closely the last five years that there are different philosophies and you know different teams are much more likely to take college players earlier than than high school. So the Braves are a team lately that's been they've just been taking all the the high upside high school pitchers, but that is the highest risk, you know, file them a pitcher because a lot of times those pitchers are throwing hard now because they've, you know, reached their physical peak in high school and that's it. Like their velocity plateaus or goes down just because they've thrown so hard like their arm starts falling apart you know whereas some guys keep growing like Cindergard, <clears throat> he just kept growing um you know he wasn't a, a top of the line draft pick but he just kept going through 
through the minors and now he's throwing hundred. So uh, I think the Marlins, yeah, took a guy, Tyler Kolek, I think three years ago, he's the number two overall pick. He was throwing like 101 pretty consistently, but now he's, he's blown out his elbow. Uh, even before that, he was like consistently in the low nineties. He just like kind of, he, I guess threw all of his best bullets in high school, you know, we all know those people that physically maxed out in, in high school and never... Yeah, I believe they were called the cool kids. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, people are different. They develop differently, so it's all, uh, mm-hmm. it's all, uh, no one really knows what is going to happen for, for sure, so it's all a risk. So, you know, ideally those those players at the top are the ones that, you know, the risk may be a little bit lower and you feel more confident about them reaching their potential. So a guy like McKay, he probably won't be a an ace on a staff, but you can easily see how he could be in the majors within a year or two and be a pretty solid pitcher. And, you know, a solid pitcher in the major league, major leagues will get over $100 million on the free agent market. So there's value in that. Yeah, slight value. Because, I mean, <laughs> the one thing I have noticed in the last month, especially looking at my fantasy teams, are pretty much all the pitchers are on the disabled list. Like, I don't know what pitcher is actually healthy out there. So you got to have, you got to have a lot of pitchers ready to come up and contribute. So yeah, just a couple other guys. We won't go into depth, but Kyle Wright, he's a pitcher for Vanderbilt. He's in the um, conversation for one overall, but definitely in the top three. And then there's a, the high schooler that everyone's talking about. His name's Hunter Green out in California he he's one of those he's he could play short he could be a first rounder as a shortstop but he's a top three pick as a pitcher he's already throwing 100 miles an hour but um like i said there's risk there and um is he gonna you know continue to get better is he gonna throw his arm out there are rumors that he wants to stay on the west coast so he's he actually isn't pitching he hasn't pitched in the last month. He's just doing bullpen sessions and playing shortstop to kind of protect his arm, which I can understand. You know, you're, you don't want to blow out your arm. If you know that you're going to be a top three pick, um, you know, you can kind of save your bullets for when the, when you sign, you can start in the, man, the minor league season, but probably those three guys will be the top three picks. And then if you want to look at the mock, um, there's some other names sprinkled in there that could go to your favorite teams or whatnot, but it's always interesting, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Just three weeks away to, uh, to see all the, the new players and they'll be added to the prospect list and begin to follow them in the minor leagues. All right. Well, I think we've come to the opportunity or the, uh, the time in the show where we have the opportunity to make fun of how bad my fantasy team is. Yeah. So we, we, uh, one of our earlier episodes this year was our fantasy draft, which we came out of it both feeling pretty positive. I felt great. Positive is an understatement. I thought I did a fantastic job. Which you did. I kept my, I kept my good pitching intact, and I thought I drafted uh, some good offense and, you know, uh, a few months, lots of weeks into the season. Turns out my team is pretty freaking terrible nick i don't know what i was smoking but my gosh i'm in dead last place <laughs> nowhere to go but up 
I'm 29 games out of first place. But it's so bad. What's your score this week? 13 to 1. So I'm killing it this week, but and I will I will read you the stats cuz they're absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um it's like my offense has slept all season and then they're like, oh, "Okay, we're going to have one good week." So this is just 7 days of baseball, right? 41 runs, 60 hits, 16 home runs, 43 RBIs, five stolen bases, a 297 average, and a 946 OPS on offense. Killing it. 39 innings pitched, two wins, two saves, 29 strikeouts, 4.85 ERA. It went down. 1.54 whip and a 1.45 Ks per nine, which actually technically makes me 14-0 this week. It just hasn't updated yet. Very good. That's an incredible showing. It is. Now, if we go to the standings, I am 29, 55, and 4, and you, sir, are 54, 27, and 3. I am 28 and a half games behind you in the standings <laughs> of our 14-team league. Yeah, I wasn't first. I had a bad week last week. I, no, you did not have – no. I went 4 and 10, so I, I'm in second place now. And I lost. It looks like I'm going to lose again this week. So annoyed, but it just, that's what I think. Your offense is going to kick it in now, and you'll be much more respectable. You're not going to finish on last. Well, I better. I was hoping to finish fifth, and I'm in fourteenth. So you can see my frustration here. But Bellinger got called up, and he's been doing. Yeah, he's normal. awesome. He's really good. Uh, the downside is that uh, Freeman's on the DL, and so is. Uh, Turner, my third baseman from the Dodgers. Yeah, Freeman's Justin Freeman's Turner. out for a few months, unfortunately. Which is not great. No, not um, ideal. And I just, I don't know, man. Darvish has got a 10.8 ERA this week. Didn't see that coming. Well, he's pitching. Urias. He's pitching right now against your Tigers. Yeah, he's against the Tigers, exactly. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm torn here. Urias got sent back down to AAA. Uh, so... What I thought was solid pitching has turned out to be mediocre, and what I thought was going to be a slightly above-average offense has turned out to be, aside from this week, pretty terrible. I don't know. That's baseball uh, That you, is right? baseball for you. That's why it's so great and so frustrating all at the same time. Yeah, I just wanted to vent. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. We can move on now. Strike three, so Luis Robert, or Robert, I don't Robert. know. He's Cuban. <laughs> But he's finalizing a $25 million deal with the White Sox. So he was kind of the last big domino of international free agents. He was declared officially a free agent yesterday. He went through the process, the defection process. But he was very highly sought after by several teams, the White Sox, Cardinals, Reds, Padres, Braves. So it looks like the White Sox, the dirty White Sox, were the team that won out for his services. So he's... Yeah, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of, obviously, physical uh, ability. Did really well down in the, the Cuban National League. There's con- some concern about his swing and miss, but it's kind of the same as Mankata. But he'll be a he will be on the list up at the upper end of uh, prospect rankings um, when those are added. So the White Sox have totally revamped their farm system. That's for sure in the last year with all their trades. 
So we'll see, you know, how it turns out for them. They're actually respectable this year. They're not as bad as I thought they're going to be, which we will we'll get to in a minute. But that was a, a big deal that went down um, yesterday. So remember the name, Luis Robert or Robert? I hope it's Robert. That sounds way cooler. Uh, yeah, it's way more fun. <laughs> that is fun to say. Robert. All right. Well, uh, that that ends uh, what's a, the count with the strikeout, which is good for us. That means that we had good stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Um, but I think it's time to move on to our main topic. Yes, Cam, it has been over a month since we've talked about baseball. So for my edification and also I'm sure our listeners, I thought it would be good to have a, a check-in of the standings uh, to see where where the teams are, what we are surprised by, what we are not surprised by. You know, we are a solid seven weeks into the year now, so things are starting to become a little clear. Some of the aberrations perhaps are fading. Some of the teams that aren't so good are falling back to the back of the pack, and some of the, the better teams are surging. So I thought we would, yeah, just kind of go through the divisions and give our, our takes on and updates on where the t- the teams are. How's that sound? Uh, I'm cool with that. I love me some hot takes. <laughs> I don't know how hot they'll be. Maybe some mild, you know, slow know, boiled man. takes. I've got, a, I've got a I've got a pent up month of no baseball talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna skewer these Indians. <laughs> All right, so let's start in the American League East, where the New York Yankees have a half game lead over the the Orioles. With the Red Sox uh, four games behind the Yankees at uh, one game over 500, the Rays are, are still in there at 500, four and a half back, and then the Blue Jays bringing up the rear at uh, seven games under 500. That to me is the most surprising part. They they got off to a pretty pretty slow start, and um, they yeah they seem to have picked it up a little bit, but they were. They dug themselves a big hole those first two weeks. Yeah. I I just didn't expect them to be that bad. I didn't either. I think, you know, neither of, us, neither, neither of us picked them to win the division, but we also, I did not pick them to finish last by any stretch. Yeah, I think we all imagined Tampa would be bringing up the, uh, the rear of that division. But, you know, the Yankees are in first, which... Uh, think that i predicted i can't remember because it's been so long i think we both <laughs> i think the red sox think, were well, up there it, for both between of us, the red yeah. sox and the yankees yeah between the red sox and the yankees it was division and wild card i know i had them both in my playoff picks um so yeah the yankees it'll be interesting to see they have gotten off to a very yeah quick start they're um yeah they're four and six in the last 10 so they're they're uh, stabilizing a little bit. But I am interested to see if the Orioles can keep this pace with the total lack of star power in their pitching staff that they have. And also with Boston, when David Price gets back here in a week and a half or so, um, if they begin to kind of surge with a rotation of uh, Price, Sale, Porcello, um, etc. Because that's a 
pretty good rotation, but I think they've been hampered a little bit by by Price's injury and because other than that, I mean, you look at their lineup. I don't know how they're a game over 500, considering um, some of the other teams in that division, and they've got some star power in that lineup. We've talked about that before. Yeah, I think when the season ends, it's going to be them in New York at the top. There's still a ton of baseball. There left. is. I think. Yeah. Early early signs are that Toronto is just not going to be there. Baltimore is 15 and four at home, right? Currently, that's impressive. So also yeah. probably not super sustainable. We'll see. But they lost Zach Britton, our uh, our Cy, the should have been Cy Young winner last year, out for. You know he's been out for most of the year and will be out for at least another month or two. So that's that's not been helpful. Yeah, that that's no good. Um now on to the my favorite and least exciting division in all of baseball. <laughs> the American League Central. Led by the Twins. What? Who are taking What are you what are you looking at? Well, tied with the sorry, tied with the Indians. Oh, they have okay. Percentage well, I had to re- percentage yeah, had to re- refresh. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, Cleveland was up by half a game, but apparently the Twins uh, already played today. Yeah, they played a doubleheader, and I think they just finished. Oh, that would be why. Okay. Like, I don't know what internet you're looking at, Nick. Uh, you should contact your new provider. But mine says, yeah. So refreshing, yes, they are. They are point zero zero two percentage points ahead of Cleveland, which you know what is point. Not even point. That's two whole reasons to celebrate. <laughs> Because I hate me some Cleveland Indians with a passion. Okay, but can we just take a look at this? The team that lost the division last year, the Minnesota Twins, is now winning the division. And the Kansas City Royals... Last place. ...are in dead last place. Only five and a half back, though. Well, again, and this is why the American League Central is the most boring division in all of baseball, because everyone is like, Meh. So far, yes, you're correct. Like, and it's been that way for a long time, and you'll have years here and there where, like, the Tigers make the World Series, or the Indians make the World Series, or the Royals make the World Series, or even the White Sox do. But then, like, outside of those years, over the last 13, you've got a bunch where it's just like, wow, these are a lot of mediocre baseball teams. The The person who wins the division is, you know, 10 games above 500 at the end of the season. And you've got three teams coming out of the East for the playoffs. I still think that Cleveland will, at the end of the day, win the division by a wide margin. And I think so. And I think you're a horrible person for thinking that. So that's okay. Well, they're getting ready to play. They're getting ready to play the Reds <laughs> for four games this week for the Battle of Ohio, well, which is hilarious. I anticipate I anticipate a uh, red sweep. I would love that because That's I'm fun. anticipating the opposite, <laughs> <laughs> especially with with our current pitching staff going against. I know a man a man can dream because the Tigers are only a game and a half out, and while they have decided to be mediocre this season, I would like them to be slightly better than that, which I think is going to be good enough to win the division, just being slightly better than mediocre. It's quite sad how terrible this division has been historically. Yeah, the, I think the Indians' pitching has been... They've been struggling with some injuries, which is... Paints the Midwest in a, in a bad light, and I don't <laughs> like it. 
the Indians did sweep the the West leading Astros uh, this weekend, which has helped you know vault them up to a tie for first. But yeah, slow start for them. Fast start for the Twins. That's just surprising. The worst team in all of baseball last year. Yeah, because they got off to what like the worst start in history almost. <clears throat> yeah, they were they were bad last year, but it is it's weird slash sad how far the the Royals have fallen in two years. You know, I don't I don't really sense a a whole lot of optimism or. Oh no, I I live here and and guess what you can't find now. Royals fans. Thousands and thousands of Royals fans. <laughs> It's amazing what happens when you make the World Series two years in a row. People that don't even know how to, you know, understand baseball are cheering for the Royals, and then you don't make the playoffs, and you just go back to being another team that no one gives a crap about. It will be. You can get tickets. You can get tickets now. Super easy. I bet you can. I I will be interested to see if Hosmer, Kane, Mustakis are on the trade block this this uh, All Star deadline, or the. Oh, I bet I bet I they bet they are. are and I bet they get some good pieces back. They I think, you know, they won the World Series at this point right off into the sunset. Casso's trade chips in. They need some they need that next wave cuz their farm system is pretty bare at this point. Yeah. They'll they'll be gone. But I th- I think those are especially Hosmer and Kane. Maybe not as much Kane now but those will be some good pieces you know Hosmer is a good player I would I would love to have if I didn't have Votto on the Reds I would love to have Hosmer as my first baseman he's not a he doesn't have the sexy numbers that a lot of first basemen do but he I just like watching him play I don't know so yeah that's probably enough for the central huh yeah we can move on to something a little bit better that being the Houston Astros yeah Finally, in first yeah, this place. is what I was expecting from them last year. But even in their current three three game losing streak, they're still twenty nine fifteen with a healthy six game lead in the West, and that is with the Rangers, who have um are nine and one in their last ten. To uh, they must have been pretty far down there because they're only two games over. But um, not, I guess not a whole lot of surprises here besides the Mariners being in last. They were a team that I yeah, that's what I was. Gonna I do say. remember that picking them surprising. as a wild card team, and they are they're yeah five games under, which is surprising. But you know, I think about their pitching injuries. You know, they've lost they've lost Felix, uh, James Paxton, and. Um, one of their other starters it's escaping me but that's uh that's been pretty killer for them i think this year and then i know cano has been out for you know a couple weeks now and so all of their money is not playing pretty much so i don't yeah that's those are the players they need to perform and they're not so that's why they're they're in last place maybe they'll let russell wilson suit up yeah, he's he can play some baseball, you know. He was drafted. I think he would have to play for another team though, because he. Yeah. Mariners did, didn't he get drafted by the? Didn't he get drafted by the Rangers? I, I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't. I don't. We'll have to look that up. 
I don't remember where he um, got drafted, but it, the Mariners definitely do not have his rights. I'm looking it up right now, and dun dun dun. dun. Russell Wilson. You're, you're was... correct. I love being right. That makes me so happy. I was thinking, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, he was drafted by the Colorado Rockies in the fourth round of the 2010 MLB draft. And then he was traded. He was acquired from the Rockies by the Rangers in the AAA phase of the Rule 5 draft, which we talked about in one of our early episodes from last year. Yeah, I'm looking at an so, article yes. here from March 2014. He... uh I guess he worked out for the the Rangers. That was, I think, after he won the Super Bowl. But <laughs> because why? Because not? why not? Why I not? guess. But yeah, I don't think he uh, will be doing that anytime soon. That would be interesting too, because that is a division rival of the Seattle Mariners. Indeed. All right. Well, I'm okay with moving on to the National League. If you are. Yeah, I think the Astros are going to win the West. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think that's fairly safe bet uh hey nick's favorite team is winning the nl east the washington nationals the he's been sipping on that haterade for years and they're still the winning. worst division that uh, you think the central is bad the nl east is terrible just four well, four okay. terrible teams and one pretty good yeah. team I, but at least they're bad everyone in the al central is like well, yeah we're okay with average like it's just like it's like lukewarm water, you know, to get real biblical here for a second. But the AL East is like you got one hot team and then everyone else is cold. So like at least they've decided we're gonna suck. Yeah. Everyone in the in the AL Central is like, yeah, we'll just we're just gonna go with the flow, which is just super annoying. The Braves, uh, annoying. led by Bartolo Colon and Brandon Phillips, now that Freddie Freeman is out, are currently in second place. Five games at eighteen and twenty. At eighteen and twenty-three, <laughs> so six games back. Yep. Of the uh, the Nationals, so that's that was the easiest division to call to the end of the year. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. We don't need to waste any more time on nope. them. Nope. The Mets. NL Central. Well, just a quick note on the Mets because I have a good friend here that loves <sighs> the Mets, but that that team is Brave a disaster him. with the way they handle injuries and just the drama around that team with Harvey and. Syndergaard, whose arm arm hurts, and he's like he refuses to get an MRI, and then his next start, he like tears his bicep out for three months. It's like what what sort of team is this that just I guess lets their players decide, you know, who gets an MRI, and who doesn't. But that that sucks for me because I own Syndergaard in several fantasy leagues, but I don't even care about that. That sucks for the Mets. <laughs> and yeah. I guess Jay Bruce is having a good year for them, but everyone else, ugh, they're terrible. Yeah, all right. So I think for me, probably the biggest surprise of all so far, including how bad Toronto is and the fact that how good, well, not good, but how well Minnesota is performing in the division, is the fact that the Milwaukee Brewers are winning the NL Central. You know, that is shocking. I'm to not me. surprised because. I watched, when I was still watching baseball in April, I watched the Brewers shellack the Reds six out of seven games in April. So, <clears throat> yeah, they're legit. They Their lineup is good. They score a lot of runs. Um, their pitching is a little, uh, obviously, 
probably can't name too many other starting pitchers, but that lineup is is here to stay. Um, don't think they're going to win the Central, but they are. They're definitely not a doormat anymore. Well, I guess my surprise is coupled with the fact that they're what six games over five hundred, and the Cubs are only two. So it's like a double whammy for me. It's like yes, they're leading, and yes, the Cubs are not. The Cubs are as still in their post World Series they'll haze. Be, they'll be fine, but you know, comparatively, you're compared to how they were last year. Yeah, I predict you know, in June they just you know go on yeah, a hot streak. I, I jump, and, Joe Madden will light a fire and all be well, but I th- so I think for me it's a it's a double edged you know Cubs only being slightly above 500 and Milwaukee winning. It's just weird and Pittsburgh being in dead last. So it yeah it's just one of those divisions where you kind of scratch your head like yeah things are changing. Yeah. I don't know why. I have Pittsburgh. That's I think every other team in the Central has reason for optimism, but Pittsburgh. I mean you got their best it, player. Things have been. It's been terrible for two years now. McCutcheon has been bad. Uh, there are other one of the other better players just got busted for eighty game PED suspension. Um, one of the other better players is still in South Korea because he can't get a visa to come to the United States. Their top <laughs> seriously, yeah, or yeah, Jung Ho Gong is still in South Korea. That seems like something that should have been fixed a while. Their ago. best pitching prospect uh, has a very difficult time throwing strikes. Tyler Glass now. Uh, Jameson Tyone was just diagnosed with testicular cancer a couple weeks ago. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's just like just so many things, just really bad luck um, for the Pirates this year. So, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate for them, but... Now I, now I feel bad for making fun of them. Well, I think in Tyone's case, you know, hopefully it's one of those things they caught early enough. Um you know, it's not like a, a dire issue at this point, but it's still obviously serious. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you really, being baseball gets put back in perspective. But the Pirates have had a rough start to the year. Yeah, yeah, my my red legs are falling back, <laughs> falling back to reality. So they <laughs> they broke a seven game losing streak yesterday, but then they lost again today. So they're we were we were right up there battling for first place up until about a week ago and we lost three out of four to the Giants and we're just clear bludgeoned by the Cubs at Wrigley the uh, beginning of this week and then the Rockies hit about a million home runs this <laughs> this weekend but you know we that's what the Rockies do that's what the Rockies we're only three do. games under our lineup is amazing like we every we've got a lot of good major league hitters in our lineup now we just are starting pitching Did you just say the reds lineup is amazing it is you look at their ops's like they're all they all have ops's over 800 which is very like that's above average well above average and amazing is there's a gulf in between when every single player you know i'm trying i'm just trying to temper your your fandom that's all I'm not the way that you're tempering my fandom is when you look at our pitching staff because that's where <laughs> we haven't. I think there's a stat: the Reds haven't starters haven't pitched to the sixth inning in 23 of their 40 games. Like, just bad. Yeah, that's it's just bad. bad. That's so real, that's our real bullpen bad. is being taxed already. So we, if if you can pitch six innings, 
you could probably get a job with the Reds right now. <laughs> All right, and on that depressing note, I think we should move on to the NL West because there's a uh, there's some action out there. There's like some good teams. Yeah, so the Reds just played the Rockies, and they, like I said, had a gajillion home runs. So that's why they're currently in first place, followed by the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Diamondbacks are still uh, still hanging on there. So they don't seem to be slowing down too much, 7-3 in their last 10. And then um, you got uh, San Francisco, seven games behind uh, the Rockies at this point, and then the poor Padres, poor, poor Padres, in last. Well, at least they get to be last in a really pretty city. It's true. San Diego. I won't tell you what it means, because then we'll have to, we'd have to bleep the episode. <laughs> yes. We will all stay family friendly. <laughs> so yes. we'll see. Still like the Dodgers there long term. But yeah, definitely some surprises. Some teams in first place right now that uh, I would never have predicted to be in the year. Twins and Rockies in particular. Brewers too. Yeah, well, and, and as we've said before this episode and before many other episodes, there's a lot of baseball left. A lot. But it is interesting to see the ebbs and the flows of the teams up and down the standings throughout the season. That's why I got to keep tuning in to Mendoza line when we record. Mm, yeah, because you can't get baseball information anywhere else. Not, not this hard-hitting. Nope. Not at all. That's why we're the premier podcast about baseball that's called Mendoza line. I see what you did there. Yeah. So yeah, it was a truth. I didn't lie. I told the absolute truth, Nick. So help me God. No, but I mean, I'm being sarcastic. But what I what I what I genuinely mean is that I am glad that we're back. I am glad that we are able to talk baseball, and I am glad that, all kidding aside, we were able to provide uh, comments and viewpoints that only me and you have. And that's why we do the podcast because it's fun because we like to talk about baseball and because we have opinions that only we have. I can, can't get couldn't it have any- said it better myself. Yep, can't get it anywhere else. All right, well, we'll get back in the swing of things. Yeah, knock, knock, the, <laughs> Good knock the rust, <laughs> knock the old dirt off our cleats. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting... P- I need a lot more p- pine tar on my microphone. That's probably not good for your microphone. It's made out of metal. It'll be fine as long as I don't get on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm I'm doing a little traveling next week, so I'm uh we're still planning on recording, but hopefully, yeah, we'll get a a, a past uh, special guest on the episode. Well, uh, I cannot s- wait. see what I can do logistic wise with that because I already know what the title of the show is going to be. Well, don't ruin it for. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm keeping that a hard secret until I publish the episode. You won't even know. Be intrigued, everyone. Indeed, yes, and on that note of mystery, we bid thee adieu, and we'll be back next time. Bye. Bye.